ESPN 690 and Action Sports Jacks presents Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau. We're going to have to show a little more patience than the year two pom-pom people. Casey Kurtz. Yo! Oh, what are we doing, bro? Come on! And Aaron Schachter. I'm, I'm all in favor of these two showing their love and really celebrating their relationship. This is Brent and Friends with Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, and Aaron Schachter on Jacksonville's home for ESPN Radio, ESPN 690. Hey, what's happening in Jacksonville on a Tuesday? Life is always house of cars down in St. John's County. Brent Martineau along with Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz. Are we going to say goodbye to Kurtz after today's show for the... Rest of the week, oh. get rid of America. Good riddance. <laughs> and you know what Casey's saying right now in his own little mind? The same this thing. Is I, this is how a 25-year-old <laughs> mind works. It's like, how are you guys going to do this without me? Oh, he's not saying it in his own mind. He's been saying it out loud pretty much all week. <laughs> uh, hey, he has good job security. You know why? He probably didn't tell anybody how to do anything. <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes. Hey, I hope you don't mind. You're not going to hear from me much in the first uh, hour because I'm going to be busy doing all this. Stuff. <laughs> uh, you might want to tell me that, Casey. Casey, how you doing? You going to talk? No, you don't want to talk. You want me to leave you out of this discussion for all the right, first? It's been hour? three minutes, so calm down, Brent. Um, and second, the funny thing is, you guys think I'm coming back. You guys well documented. No, I just had a meeting with some people in charge here. Yeah. So the funny part is, you think I'm going to return? <laughs> Good luck, people. Casey's yeah. running away from home at 37 years old. Okay. <laughs> Uh, good to have everybody aboard here on a Tuesday. Hey, you Woo. know, down here at the Village House of Cars, we were just talking about the uh, the game Sunday. Yeah. And I said this to somebody else yesterday, and I'm going to jump right into it here because it's going to sound weird. But I wonder if the Jags losing that game is better for them in the long term of this season than if they won that game. You know what's funnier than the, that question is I've heard at least four people pose that theory. Oh, shoot, man. I thought I was thinking outside the box. I'm not talking about, like, <laughs> prognosticator. You're the first sports guy. I'm just talking, like, people, my friends, Jags fans, people we were watching the game with. Like, they were all saying the same thing. So it actually makes me think that Jags fans kind of need to feel that <laughs> so they don't get too sad about what happened. Well, I said this yesterday. I was really proud of Jags fan overall. I think everybody gets it. Everybody's smart enough to know, like, this team was probably not going 16-1. and one. This isn't like uh, the Super Bowl contender team. Like, we just don't feel that way. Now, they look like they're better than we thought they would be. I think everybody believes that. And so that raises expectation. But I don't think everybody took the loss to Philly and was like, oh, my gosh, this team is never going to win, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, and, I, and I talked a lot about that yesterday, and I think that was kind of cool, actually, to feel and see. And I'm not saying when losing is all right and you ever get used to you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But I think everybody knows where the organization's at. And I think that it's a credit to Jags fan, mostly from being savvy and, and the understanding of it and being, you know what? Listen, 2-2 two and two with this stretch coming is pretty good. Now, a lot of people would hit the panic button if they lose to Houston. I'm not sure I would, but I get why they would. And so it could be a totally different feeling by Sunday night into Monday. Hey, talk me through that, though. If they lose to Houston and you're not hitting the panic button, then what is that thought process there? Well, because in my opinion, I still think this is a football team that doesn't go anywhere with an automatic win, right? And I also understand the way the NFL works. It's weird. And teams don't stay winless for very long. And... You know, you know that whole thing about the Jags owning the Colts? 
at home. <laughs> it's a little well, bit know, reversed like now, yeah. What we saw last night with the 49ers owning the Rams in the regular season. Yeah, like, on what level does it make sense that the Rams have lost seven in a row to San Francisco in the regular season? It just doesn't. But So we're just going to ignore the fact that the Jags <laughs> haven't beat a Houston team that hasn't even been that good over the last couple of years, and, and they haven't beaten them since 2017? Like, the Jags have maybe had a better team on paper, I don't know, half the time. They've played the Houston Texans and still lost. So I don't know how we can give those trends credit, yet not this one. And so I'm not sure I'd panic, but I look at these next three weeks, Aaron, as a totality, right? These three weeks, I think the Jags have to come out 2-1. and one. I don't think they're going 3-0. and oh. I really don't. Could they? Yes. Sure. I think if they go 0-3, you're looking at, oh, my gosh, what happened? And I think 1-2, and two, we're scratching our heads a little bit. You better go steal some games because it's going to feel like it felt coming off the Washington game. All right. So you say you wouldn't panic after Houston, but let's say that happens, right? And then you lose one of them to either the Giants or who is it, the Broncos? Uh, Giants and Colts. Colts. So uh, are you panicking at one and two during that stretch or I'm not no? panicking, but I do think we'd feel a little bit like we felt coming off the Washington game, and yeah. this team's going to have to show us some now. Oh, yeah. Because if they go one and two in this stretch, you're like, what are we doing here? Now, listen, the Colts we know are not as bad as they've probably played. Uh, there's a lot of stories out of Indianapolis. they like, hey, they're really close, they're really close. You know, and how many times <laughs> we've said the Jags are really yeah, close. Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard that story before. And, and But the Giants are 3-1, and one, and I think it's a little bit like, okay, they're not that good 3-1, and one, but they are 3-1, and one, you know? Yeah. So, like, I actually believe the way this is going to go, if you ask me right now, I think the Jaguars are going to beat Houston and end that streak. I think they're going to lose to the Colts somehow. It's just going to be weird. I think they're going to, I, I, again, this is me predicting it right now. Sure. I don't think they're going 3-0. and oh. I think they're going to go two and one, and so the way I think they're going to go two and one is a win, a loss on the road, and then a win over the Giants. That's the way I see it unfolding, and I just I don't care how it unfolds. I think it's important the Jags are four and three going to London. You know what I mean? I'm with you in that I think the Texans are a winnable game despite the streak and 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 all that nonsense that hangs over everybody's head. And I think the Giants are a very winnable game. I am not a believer in what uh, the Giants have going on. Props to Brian Dayball for taking over that team and uh, and righting the ship. For Danny Dimes for uh, rising from the ashes. For Saquon Barkley for reconstructing his legs and, and getting back in the top form. But I'm just not a believer in what the Giants got, especially when you match them up against the Jaguars' defense. That could be kind of ferocious. But I think you're right about that Colts game. I think there's something weird that's going to go down in that Colts game that's going to end up ultimately messing with the Jaguars. Listen, I do think the Jags over the years, even with Peyton Manning, played the Colts tougher. Like, it's a weird mismatch. Just it's not a problem. They're not afraid of the Colts at all. And the Jags are definitely in the Colts' head. And I wonder if that's going to start to transition even to the Midwest. And the Colts have a tough game this week. You know, they don't know if they're going to have Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan is not playing well. He's more playing like I thought he would play than a lot of other people thought he would play. Doesn't mean he can't fix it. Um, but they got to go play Denver. Denver's defense is pretty tough. Jonathan Taylor's got no mojo, plus he's got an ankle uh, injury of some kind. I, I just And Leonard's going to be out again, and now he's going to be out probably for a bit. He might even miss the Jags game coming off back surgery, now a concussion. I, I just think, I mean, I'm not telling, I think the Jags can win that game. I just am going kind of with the way the NFL works, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's nothing to really to do with the Jags. It's like you also you have to always play your opponent. You have to play against yourself sometimes because we know the Jags can beat themselves. And then you have to play in this, like, weird NFL world. And sometimes things don't make sense in the NFL. Like, right now it wouldn't make sense that the Jags lose to the Colts. But I just got a feeling the Colts would be so desperate in that game. They're probably going to be 1-3-1. and three and one. 
going in. The Jags, I think, are going to beat Houston, so that they'll, they'll have a two-game advantage, essentially, uh, or at least a game and a half, I guess, over uh, the Colts. And so I think that's going to be a desperate game for Indianapolis. Like, they've already lost to the Titans. They've lost to the Jags. If they lose to Jacksonville again, 0-3 in the division, their season's over. Pretty much. You know? And they go to 1-4-1. and So that's, you know, I'm trying to get ahead and think of it like that. But this game, of course, is what the Jags want to think about, and it's important. So let me rewind a bit and go back to what I was about to say, and, and you brought up other people, you heard this. And so why do I say the Jags are better off I'm not better off losing, okay? Anytime you can win, you can win. But I'm just wondering in the psyche of the Jacksonville Jaguars and maybe even the fan base, was it a better loss to the Eagles than it is a win? Because here's how the situation goes, Aaron. Right now, on a Tuesday after four weeks of the season, if the Jags beat Philly, and by the way, if they kept rolling, if they won, you know, they go up 21 nothing, they might blow out Philly in that game. Yeah. And, and so if they do that, they're 3-1. and one. And what everybody around the NFL is saying is, holy cow, look at Doug Peterson. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Look at this defense. Trevor Lawrence has been pretty good so far, too. Now, this was obviously when the fumbled five times in this situation. But <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and they are a top-five legit team in the NFL by the way the games have played out in the first month. Like, without question, they're a top-five team. And what I would wonder about with the youth and experience and still unknown of this football team is how they would handle that. Like, could they handle being 3-1 and one and everyone in the NFL talking about them and now people coming after them and gunning for them and having a target on their back four weeks into the Doug Peterson era and now the expectation being, hey, no, they're not just going to win the division. Like, they're one of the top two, three teams in the AFC. And we still have 13 more games to go, and they have to wear that label. And would you disappoint in that? Again, I'm not telling you that I wish it didn't happen. Like, it would be kind of cool to see it happen (laughs) and see if I'm right or wrong. But I think that's a lot to wear for a young team that's flipped it around in such a short time. And sometimes that dose of humility that, hey, let's just stay a little bit under the radar still. Nobody's talking about the Jags that much. Might be a better spot for the Jacksonville Jaguars in, in the grand scheme of things, in year one of Doug Peterson and, and with what's going on here. And they still have everything in front of them. It was not a devastating loss in the loss column for the Jags. So I guess that's where I'm coming from, man. I just don't know uh, if they're ready. And I don't know if they're as good as people would have been talking about. Yeah. Them. You know what I mean? Yeah, to me it still sounds a little bit like fan speak, though. It's like here are things we tell ourselves to keep level. To keep balance, you don't want to get well, too, too heavy be. on the on the pride, the happy side. You don't want to get too heavy on the down, we stink side. So I think we do these mental games, these gymnastics, to kind of uh, balance ourselves, as opposed to some other fans who I won't name names, who are in the chat saying the Jags are going to be uh, eleven and six, and they've been saying it since the preseason. <laughs> hey, look, right. who knows these days, right? <laughs> but uh, I, I I agree with you. If you're going to lose a game, like that's a good one to lose. Because it was supposed to be competitive. You were supposed to be challenged there. A lot of people picked you to lose that game. I think Mojo was the only guy picking him to win at one point on that uh, Yeah, true. On that tweet. But that being said, you don't want to get to a spot where you go, oh, yeah, we should have lost that game, right? 
Yeah. Uh, well, true. Yeah. You 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 never want to lose. Okay. You would have liked to beat Washington. You would have liked to beat Philly. But again, I just don't think this team is three and one kind of good with a win over Philly and blowing everybody out for three weeks. Like it, I think it would have been an aberration of sorts. You know it, what I mean? Yes, I do. It's just interesting to me how the perspective, looking at the schedule, changes dramatically between week one and then now looking at it again. The schedule going. And I see like five, six, seven wins here. You know, maybe eight. Eight would be great. And now you're looking at the schedule going, maybe, maybe I see 10 wins here. Like, maybe. Yeah. Can, can you beat the Raiders? Yeah, you think you, you, prob- you possibly could. Casey, uh, you know what I'm saying here? And uh, should, should I stop saying it? Like, yeah, they should just beat the Eagles and let's take three and one. <laughs> maybe that's the way to go here. Yeah, I think that would be the way to go for sure. <laughs> uh Busy, Casey. Um, hey, let's go down the schedule of uh, the Jags real quick, as you just yeah. said that. Yeah. And say, okay, who can they – who are they not going to beat? Who, who, all right, so who will it be extremely – like, who are they looking at either harder than the Eagles or the same kind of challenge as the Eagles? Is yeah, so you got the Texans, right? Everybody's going to feel good. Yeah. Uh, Jags go to the Colts. Everybody's going to feel good. Somewhat, yeah. Ja- Jags going to be favorite over the Giants when they come here. I oh, think. yeah, and it's in Jacksonville, yeah. Broncos, right now, the way the Broncos are playing – I think Jags can beat that team. Absolutely. And by the way, no, I'm not. And they just lost their big uh, marquee running back. And they're still trying to figure it out in the passing game. Uh, Look, even though Russell Wilson isn't turning over the ball much at all, by the way, uh, I think that team is still very beatable right now. Yeah, and by the way, he's going to probably out-coach Hackett at this stage. Yeah, I think it's a big advantage. Raiders. Uh, you can win that game. Playing? Heck yeah, again, I think you're going to out-coach McDaniels, and I think right now you feel better about your team. Now, this is a month away, so who knows? Yeah, and, and I do think when it comes to a team like the Raiders, that's a team that needs a little more time to gel, so who knows what they look like, to your point, on November 6th versus today, October 4th. But still, I mean, as of today, that's a very winnable game. Okay, nobody's picking the Jags to beat the Chiefs. Which means it's a possibility to me. I don't know, man. I, that's how I see those games. I understand that, but you wouldn't put money on it. No, right? yes, you would, but no. And, and actually, the Ravens coming down here to Jacksonville. The Jags always play the Ravens stuff. That's the, well, not always, but a lot. That's going to be a tough game now. But now I the would Ravens, say that's a tough game. Like the Raven, back-to-back games are re- probably yes. the two hardest back-to-back games other than the Chargers and Eagles, we thought. Yeah. And then you got the Lions, and the Lions are a mystery right now. But that's not a walkover game. But Nothing. it's a winnable game in, Jack, uh, in, in Detroit. It's a winnable game. Now, also, I think they'll have, uh, what's his name, Jameson Williams on the team at that point. So who knows what he's going to look like when he comes yeah. back. And they're already scoring 35 a game. <laughs> they're scoring 35 a game without With, Swift without him. and without uh, <laughs> nobody. the other guys. They got uh, the janitor from last year <laughs> catching touchdown passes on fades in the end zone. Uh, then you got the Titans. That no great shakes right now. But right? interesting that we're not going to see the Titans until mid-December for the first time. Like, what is that going to look like? Yeah, it's pretty weird. Um, and then it's weird because the Colts play the Titans twice in, like, the first seven weeks of the year. Yeah. And the Jags twice in the first seven weeks of the year. So that's kind of odd. Uh, Cowboys, uh, again, good right now, but not unbeatable. Like, they don't – I mean, you think the Jags at home can beat the Cowboys at this stage? If you're talking about games like the Eagles game where you go and going – uh, that's a tough game. I'm looking at that game going, I'm not convinced yet. Yeah, and then you got the Jets, the Jag, uh, the Texans, and the Titans to finish. So, uh, and again, but both teams, are, like Jets are going to feel like, yeah, we can beat the Jags, and Jags are going to feel like, yeah, we can beat the Jets, and Jet, Jags fans are going to be like, our guys are better, we're better. Jaguars will be heavily favored to win that game. Barring catastrophe and injury, the Jaguars will be heavily favored to win that game in New York. So basically what we got to, there are two games on the schedule right now we don't feel good about. 
uh, that that you'd be like, yeah, I can't make a case for that. Probably. I mean, do you uh, think they're going to win both Titans games? No, no, I don't think they're also also going to win every game we just said that they could win. Okay. You know, but I'm talking about when you think you might be a little outclassed. Yeah. I would say the Chiefs, and I wonder about the Ravens too. I think the the only thing that's holding me back from uh, definitively saying Ravens is they really are struggling to close out these games this year. Yeah, they really. Have I mean, been. outside of Lamar Jackson on offense. You're hard pressed to tell me who the who the stars are. Yeah, uh, Cowboys. I think is also one of those games that's tricky. With Dak would be back by then, obviously. And, right, they're talking and, about next weekend, maybe. Yeah, so he'll be back by. You know, who knows how he's playing? But the Cowboys are really good on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're just again a more veteran team. So I, I worry about that. I worry about these seasoned teams. Like that's what scares me about the Ravens. You know, and the Chiefs. I and, do think you have this going for you with the Cowboys. That game is late in the season, December 18. So you can pretty much count on Mike McCarthy just ruining the whole thing with his bad play calling. Like, you, you might have a distinct advantage in that game. Yeah, so I, anyway, so let's just take two of the games. You're like, yeah, you're probably outclassed, all right? You're going to have to pull something out of your hat. You're going to have to hope that you're, they're more banged up than you, uh, or you're just going to have to play extremely well like you did against Buffalo last year. Then maybe pull off those wins. Outside of that, you feel, like, good about every game on the schedule. Like, you feel going into a Sunday, if you're a Jags fan right now, you're like, hey, if we don't turn it over five times, fumble it four times, if we don't just allow 210 yards rushing, we're going to be in this game, and we got a chance to win the game, and I feel good about our guys. Like, that's the moral of the story. Yeah. Like, that is, that does echo to your point. This has gone from a six-win field team where I actually said, this is what I said about the preseason, never said 11, never said 10, never said 9. I thought the ceiling was 8 if things went well. I thought the floor was five. They'll automatically win five. And I think six was probably a good landing spot, but I could stretch them to seven. The difference between six and seven, though, in my mind, for this football team was pretty big. And, and I was like, wow, that's going to be a big leap now, getting that seventh win. Yeah. And that would say a lot if they get to the seventh win. Well, right now, man, I'll be disappointed if they don't get to seven wins. It would be a letdown, wouldn't it? It would. Like, I, this team's good enough to win seven games, and so I would be disappointing. Now, there's one thing that we can't forecast is what kind of happens with injuries. We're already seeing they're banged up with a guy like Fadakasi and maybe even Hamilton, and that really hurts their interior on the, on the run defense. And so they are not super deep in a lot of positions. And so if they start losing guys, which everybody does to some degree for some length of time, well, how does that impact the football team? So, I, again... I think right now, what do you think? The floor for this team is a seven-win team? I think that's what you say at this point, yeah. And then, I mean, where, where, where's the ceiling? I mean, if you're talking ceiling where you have to reach to get it, I think 10, 11 wins, maybe. Oof, 11. Gosh, I can't even. Sounds think. high, right? You Can you fathom it after last season? No, I really can't. Like, I can't get the Jags to 11 wins. Like, a year ago, Urban Meyer was coaching this team. This was a disaster. This was a dumpster fire 365 days ago. Yeah, exactly. Like, this was, like, I think coming off the – this was, like, answering the questions day about the bar <laughs> incident. Man. Um, see, I, I think the ceiling's probably 10. You think they can get to 11? I think, like, if they're playing out of their minds the way they started off the season, if they continue to take the ball away, if they're not ravaged by injuries, specifically Trevor, Christian Kirk, James Robinson, Evan Ingram stays healthy, that defense, at least the young guys, stay hungry and fierce, I think you could see 11. 
Yeah, and the, the one nice, you want to get sunshine and rainbowy. You can really do it that all these young guys are going to evolve and get better as this season goes along. You right. hope. At least some of them, if not all. Not just individually, but also as a team. Like they're yeah. playing together for the first time as a team. Man, you might be like the vice president of Sunshine and Rangers. I think it's a bad bad thing to elect me as vice president. <laughs> uh, we take a break. We're live at the Bullies House of Cards, St. John's County. Come on out say hello. Be here until 6 o'clock. Get overtime with Kurtz and Middleton after that. And uh, we'll be right back on ESPN 690. A lot more football talk on the way. That's what we're talking Wagner. about. Wagner, Bobby. veteran, right? Get him down. Now get out and let tackle. these guys take over. Oh, Bobby Wagner, veteran play. He had some smoke going on there. Yeah, he's got a T-shirt on. I mean, he's promoting something. That is the man in cast, Peyton and Eli. So did we figure out what the guy was doing? Was it, like, really a gender reveal, or did he just have, like, the I, pink smoke? I think he just had the pink smoke with him. Okay. Because that's people were saying it was like a gender reveal. Which, by the way, that kind of flair I appreciate. If you're going to jump onto the field and get thrown in jail, and so, I mean, we can get into it later, but uh, I appreciate flair in my streakers. So, <laughs> Are you breaking down that, Phil? Oh, yeah, man. I got the video all queued up. Let's talk a little Monday Night Football, and then on the back end of that, I would love to dive very deeply into the streaker video, if only because... It's a quality one. And quite frankly, Brent, who is going to do it if not us? Yeah, very true. You do it well. I mean, this is one of your fortes here on the show <laughs> is describing. Yeah, and, man. Uh, so especially these kind of moments. Brent Martineau, Aaron Schachter, Casey Kurtz uh, here on a Tuesday. It's Brent and Friends on ESPN 690. We're live at Tavoli's House of Cards down in St. John's County. Come on out. Say hello. We'll tell you more about fantasy card breaks. If you're not involved in it yet, you got to get in. You like fantasy football. You like cards, collecting, uh, and you like, uh, well, maybe winning some prizes. Those, one of those three things will do the trick. <laughs> uh, you don't need all three. You don't need two out of three. One of those three things. And uh, it's really one of the most creative ways I've seen fantasy played, and we've been playing along with it. I heard one of my uh, entries might have been in the money this past oh. weekend again, too. Oh. Not ours, though, guys. Sorry. Oh, how convenient. You're very – you know what you're like, Brent? You're like one of these dudes <laughs> who's at work, and he's like, hey, the lotto jackpot is $500 million. I'm going to buy 50 tickets for the, uh, for the workplace. And then you hit big, and you're like, no, that was the 51st ticket. That was yeah. my ticket. <laughs> Like you guys, you lost with your 50, and I won with this one ticket. How many times has that happened? Oh, I'm sure it's happened a billion times. It's yeah. like, no, none of these hit, and then they never come back to work ever again. <laughs> That's true. Hey, uh, my big takeaway from Monday Night Football is, uh, my gosh, Matthew Stafford can be bad. And, and especially when he needs to, like, get a hitch in his step. <laughs> when he needs to get out of that pocket, it's a, it's a rough going for those Rams. Yeah, but, I mean, you guys see the throws. that They're down 14-6, to six, down near the goal line. I mean, he sidearms one. It's not even close to Higby. And then he throws another one, not even close to Higby in the end zone. Should have been picked. And then he throws a pick six on, like, a screen play where it looks like he did the wrong thing. Then he should have thrown another pick, like, later in the game. I mean, he's just terrible. Like, it was awful. I don't – like, it reminds me – Listen, he can be very good. He's, he's statistically a fantastic I was going to say, the numbers themselves weren't bad. It was just the play was awful. He's got, his arm talent is ridiculous. Still. Uh, he won a Super Bowl and got it done last year in, in crunch time. So 
But he also has flaws. Like, he, last year when he won a Super Bowl, he also was tied with Trevor Lawrence as the league leader in interceptions. But he's always been a gunslinger from back in the day. I mean, he didn't turn it over as much as he did last year, but he's yeah. a gunslinger, right? Well, he takes shots. A gunslinger, yeah. but so was Aaron Rodgers, and so was Tom Brady, Ben, and so was... <laughs> You know, I mean, these guys don't turn it over. He's different than those guys. Russell Wilson, he doesn't turn it over. Brett Favre turned it over. Not that these two are Favre the same. Did. But, okay. Marino did back in the day. Like, guys have. But in today's day and age, like, the good elite ones don't turn it over at the clip that Stafford does. Yeah. And and now he lost a fumble. I mean, he's got seven. He's got four touchdowns and six picks. Leading the league in picks. Again. So, <laughs> like, I... Familiar spot for him. I, I guess the, the thing about it... It's. I don't know if it's necessarily a, uh, like, this is just a reminder, right? We have a young quarterback that's played 21 games here in Jacksonville, and 17 of them, some people question whether it should have counted or not, you know, and it does, in my opinion, but it was still a scarred 17 games with the situation he was in. And he made a lot of mistakes the other day. But then I look around the league, and I always do this, it's like, okay, the elite guys still make mistakes. Like, just because he may have had a terrible game and he makes some mistakes doesn't mean he's not going to be very good. And I think we see that. Lamar Jackson should have had three picks, had two. Like, he also made some incredible plays. Kyler Murray has had problems. He's a $46 million quarterback. Derek Carr got paid $40 million. Not really doing as much as everybody thought he would do. Russell Wilson was off to a slow start in a new offense, by the way. Um... You know, and then you see a guy like Matthew Stafford, and the list can go on and on. But, I mean, not too many guys play excellent football every week. Not too many guys also have five turnovers in a game. Yeah. So I'll give you that. But it's just a reminder sometimes of, hey, he's probably going to have some bad games, but it doesn't mean he's awful. And that's what I was kind of saying yesterday. Like, I'm not panicking about Trevor Lawrence. Like, it was a bad game. You hope he doesn't have too many of those kind of games because that was like on a different level of the spectrum kind of bad. Um, but I also don't anticipate him doing that. Like, the problem with Stafford is you kind of expect him to make a boneheaded play every game. He needs to be more clean. I hope Trevor doesn't get into that category where it's like, hey, he's going to throw three, four touchdowns. He's going to throw for throw over 300 yards, but he's also going to make a play that might cost the game. And you know who's like that a little bit right now is Jared Goff. Like, yeah. Goff throws a pick six, but he throws four touchdowns, and he's cleaning up in garbage time. Um, and he has been a lot better, by the way. Yeah, but, but Stafford isn't doing the other side of that. Like, he's he's doing the bonehead plays, but he's not bringing him to the end zone at this point. Yeah, he's not doing enough to overcome it, right? That's the thing. If you're going to be – if you're going to make some bad plays, you have to really do a lot to overcome the bad plays. And there are quarterbacks that do it. Uh, I don't – I mean, Stafford has done it in the past. He's certainly not doing it right now. I just, like – that was just brutal. I know San Fran's defense is pretty good, but yeah. that was brutal. Well, they played really good last night, especially uh, that pass defense. But, you know, just looking at Stafford's career, because you got me thinking, like, is this a this year thing? Because it does seem intense just four games into the season for the Rams. We're into week five, six picks leading the league like that. Last year, he threw 17, like you said, it led the league. He threw 19 in 2013. That was his career high. But he's always lived somewhere between 10 and 15 picks for a season. So it's not like this guy really protects the ball well at all. Yeah, and you know what? The other thing, this is one thing I thought about last year with uh, with Trevor. Like, 17 picks isn't great, but it's also not, like, the most egregious number we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, Jameis Winston a few years ago threw 30, and he countered it with 30 touchdowns and, like, 4,000 yards. <laughs> we always go all the way back to Peyton Manning, right? But I'm just saying – 
Like, if you're in the 12 to 18 category, it's not where you want to be. But it also isn't awful, awful. Like, in my, like it wasn't egregious. The egregious part of last year, and I asked Trevor this question, like, back in April, and, of course, he was more disappointed in the turnovers. But I would disagree with him. I was more disappointed in the touchdowns. Like, 12 touchdowns. If he had 24 touchdowns and 17 picks, I think we would have said a lot. Well, that's what it is, right? right? Like Stafford with 41 touchdowns, it makes it real easy to forget the 17 picks. Is that what he had last year? 41 41 touchdowns. touchdowns. Yeah, see, that's my point. Like, you're still at, what's that ratio? Like 34, so two and a half to one. Wait a minute. That's a two and a half to one (laughs) ratio, basically, of of touchdowns to, to picks. And, like, the problem with Trevor was he was less than one to one. Here's the other thing that I think Stafford and the Rams really have to worry about. We know that Stafford isn't a rushing quarterback. He's got very low mobility, even back in the pocket. And on those Detroit teams, sure, those offensive lines weren't always great, so he was getting hit a lot. There are multiple years where he's been sacked 40-plus times. But like I said, you're four games into the season, essentially, if you're the Rams entering week five, 16 sacks for Matthew Stafford. So however old Stafford is at this point, uh, and he's got to be in his late 30s at this point, he's getting there, if not there yet. Um that that can't be sustainable at all. The that's a good point, but and I can't. I guess you can't dismiss that he is under a lot of duress in uh, sixteen, and he can't move. See, that goes back to the mobility part. You're looking at guys like Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford are struggling with some of this pressure and getting a lot of sacks because they can't move. They can't get away from. It. Yeah, man. And that's a part today. Like these defensive fronts are so athletic, so fast, and usually so good that if. Uh, it's hard to be a quarterback that can't move now in the NFL. Like, you can't be a young quarterback anymore and be like that. So you th- have to be able to move. The old quarterback who's wise and smart enough and the game's slow for him can still get away with it, but not much longer. Once we flush guys like Stafford and Matt Ryan out of here, like, you're not going to see another statue quarterback. Like, you just can't do it. And I wouldn't rest it all on Stafford's shoulders, even though we have pretty much outlined those weaknesses, those chinks in his armor. But you look at the ways in which you back the defensive front off the quarterback, and you got to be able to throw the ball long, and you got to be able to run the ball, and the Rams aren't able to do either. I mean, they've got Cooper Cup, who's unstoppable. Even in a bad game where the Rams scored nine points, yeah. Cupper's out there with over you know 10 catches and 100 yards, whatever it yeah, was. I think it was 14. catches. Just in insane. 19 targets. But Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers, that was supposed to be a decent run attack for the Rams. They're sitting here at, like, 15 rushes. I think they had less than 50 yards last night, and that's, like, par for the course for the Rams this season. And, by the way, has anyone checked the side of the milk carton? Where is Allen Robinson? I know it. I mean, I don't know. I I don't understand why a genius on offense of McVay with a good quarterback can't find Allen Robinson the ball. Like, he would have been better off staying in Chicago. Oh, yes. And, by the way, the Jags, like, I I like A-Rob a lot. Like, I'm a big fan. But I thought... Hey, if he had come back here, I would have been a happy camper. I'm not so sure I would have been as happy a month in. Like, maybe I don't know how much this is a Rob, and how how much how much longer can we sit here and say, well, they can't find a rhythm, they can't, they don't have a chemistry yet. They're they're new. It's like, well, come on, man, the guy has caught a lot of balls in the league, and Matthew Stafford has thrown to a million different receivers, and they got Cooper Cup as a distraction, and you can't get Allen Robinson the ball. I mean, it's it's borderline ridiculous. I don't get it that they can't get him the football. So. Uh, I just said two things, okay, and then we're going to get into your uh, diagnosis here of the biggest <laughs> play of the game. But So are the Rams overrated 
And I can't get over how lucky the 49ers are. And I don't like putting it in this context, but now that it's in the rear view, the injury to Trey Lance has been the most fortunate thing that's happened to San Francisco and their brass because this whole Jimmy Garoppolo soap opera, he is better for their team. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, he is better for them to win football games now. He might not be better for the long haul. Trey Lance might turn into a terrific quarterback, and I hate to see him get hurt because we're not going to be able to find that out. But they would not be where they are already. They might be 1-3 and three, and maybe 0-4. Oh maybe. If Trey Lance was the quarterback. Just trying to figure it out. And that would be like the headline there, right? Like everyone keeps cautioning uh, Jags fan, hey, Travis Etienne, he's technically a rookie this year, right? Even though he was a rookie last year, he didn't really play or at all. And then, so Trey Lance was kind of under the same circumstance. Yeah, he played a few games last year, but he didn't have a season under his belt. No, I mean, they, like, again, he, this was his year, but they were going to morph him into a team that was really good, and sometimes that can be a very good thing. Just ask, like, Justin Herbert, who you get off to a good start because you've got a lot of pieces. Yeah. But I just didn't see this. Like, I really think at best they'd be 1-3 and three right now, and they're a better football team than that. Uh, they might have been 0-4. Oh and now at least they sit 2-2 two and two like everybody else in the NFC West. Like, it is the break of the season for anybody in the National Football League. And they might be really good this year, San Francisco. Like, they, they may contend. There's no way they would have contended with Trey Lance, which makes it a bad decision by the organization. And, and they got lucky. Like, I'm not giving them credit for it. They got absolutely lucky they couldn't unload Jimmy Garoppolo because of a shoulder injury. And they probably made the wrong decision to play Trey Lance when they did. And then they got lucky he got hurt and Jimmy Garoppolo was still on the roster. Yeah, I mean, he almost went to the commanders and then he elected to get that surgery. But I guess my question to you, though, Brent, is uh, under what circumstances do the Niners stick with Garoppolo? Does it exist? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know if that exists. I, I think they made their bet. I think they made their bet. I mean, bet. you're sitting think... here saying what a bad decision. If, if it's... If it's real, then they got to be feeling it in some corners of that organization as well. So well, how could you then walk into the buzzsaw? Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens, right, if he wins big or something like that. But, I mean, I would think in this case, Jimmy Garoppolo is just going to win the whole thing for him yeah. or go to the Super Bowl for them to change their mind. And then it would feel very Josh Rosen-esque. Oh, man. Right? It would. It really would. And I have would. no idea what the trade value. I mean, you could get some stuff in return. You're not going to get what you gave up. Well, I bet you still get something good for Trey Lance Probably after this year, yeah. Probably pretty good. And so, I mean, that would be a fascinating discussion if that turns out to be. But I just want to make it perfectly clear. You can give Kyle Shanahan all the credit you want. You can give John Lynch all the credit you want. You can give their brass all the credit you want. They got, they got lucky. They got really lucky in this situation that they're going to be maybe in contention. Because they wouldn't have been with Trey Lance. Like, there's not an ounce of, in my, of, of anything in my mind that says, oh, yeah, they'd be right here with Trey Lance. This is an interesting topic that I'd like to dive into with you on another day. But all-time lucky breaks for sports franchises. We could put this up there. You know, when I say that, I think of, um, and I don't know, I know you weren't uh, the biggest NBA fan, but the Spurs, when David Robinson went down for a full season, ended up getting the number one pick and drafting Tim Duncan. And then the next year had Robinson and Tim Duncan boom straight to the finals for the next 10, 15 years. Well, there are two other things that come to my mind. San Francisco's okay. actually been very fortunate in this case before. Oh, they had a crappy year. Well, Steve Young's a different one. But they had a crappy year a couple years ago. They were 4-12, and 12, and they fall all the way to the number one pick. They get Bosa, Nick Bosa. Oh, that's right. And they, that helps them, uh, you know, just have a terrific defense. And they go to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Like, boom, worst to first. 
because they fell all the way to number one, got themselves a heck of a player instead of landing at like number thirteen in the draft. You yeah, know? yeah. And then the other biggest one is the is the Colts. The Colts, they they went had a terrible year after Peyton Manning got hurt, and they end up getting Andrew Luck. Yep. You know, they have one bad year, and boom, they get Andrew Luck. He's there in the They draft. got the next generational, or what was supposed to be the next generational I mean, quarterback. It took the Jags like 12 years to find a quarterback, and, and, he, and they had a top five pick for like 10 of the years. Look, Brett, the Browns have been looking for like 25 years, <laughs> so don't complain. Hey, we ran out of time for my video. We'll, let's do it in the next segment. Yeah, we'll do it. we got to hit the break. So we'll do that uh, when we come back. Bobby Wagner against the helmetless man. <laughs> we'll Love it. Back on ESPN 690. ESPN 690. My name is Aaron Schachter, and with me, of course, live from Davoli's House of Cars is the one, the only Brent Martineau, Casey Kurtz, the Red Menace, behind the glass. Fellas, we were just talking Monday Night Football, but I want to get right into it. There was a huge play, and it had nothing to do with gaining yards last night. Did you guys see Bobby Wagner's hit on the streaker? Oh, yeah. Good hit. It was a great hit. But uh, I, want- I thought it was a 15-yard penalty for helmet to head, but... <laughs> I thought I saw shoulder pad. But you know what? We'll get into it. We're going to take a look at that video. I'd like to break it down in the same way we've broken down a few of the videos in the past. You guys yeah. remember fight the big video. Jaguars fight at the uh, Pittsburgh game. I wanted to break down the uh, Sex in the Stadium video. The FCC told us we couldn't do it, so fine. We stayed away from it. But a streaker, and it's not a real streaker. He didn't fully commit, I think, to the streaking. True. This is more like an advertising streaker. Uh, he, so so this crazy man jumps on the field with the pink smoke and runs all over the place and then gets taken out. Let's go ahead and take a look at the video. I'm going to throw it up on the stream. Those of you listening at home on the radio, if you're by a phone or a computer, pull up our YouTube stream, our Facebook stream. If you're not driving. If you're not driving, Twitch or Twitter, we're going to go through this video right now. And so what I really want to do is talk about what exactly went down in this video. Let's start at the very beginning. Okay, I've got this video from uh, Cameron Salerno. You can get it, too. It's from Twitter. But Cameron writes uh, for the, I believe, the Sacramento Bee, the beat reporter. But there he is sitting up in the uh, the booth, sitting in the booth watching this go down. And so what we'll do is we'll start the video, and we start from very far out, but we start to zoom in to see exactly what's happening, what's going down here. And so when we zoom in, we're on the 35-yard line, and there he is, the hero of our story. The streaker with his pink smoke. And he's being pursued, Brent. He's being pursued by security guards. One man in a yellow shirt, easily five to ten yards behind him, getting smoked, getting dusted. And he got the security guard behind him, easily another 15 yards behind that, also getting smoked, dusted, not just by the speed, but by the pink smoke itself. This is not the best security I've ever seen trying to tackle a streaker. (laughs) It is all over the place. Thank goodness for Bobby Wagner. So as the streaker starts running towards the sidelines, he's almost goading the security guy. Like, he's not even running hard. He's got a light jog going. It's a brisk walk on the field in San Francisco with the streaker in the pink smoke. He's making his way to the sideline, and that's when we first start to see guys on the sideline for the Los, uh, the, the Los Angeles Rams. And I'm not sure who the defensive player is. He's the one who ended up making the tackle with Bobby Wagner, but you can see he's got the scent. <laughs> he starts He starts to track the streaker. I'll back up a second here for the stream one more time. You'll see as the guy makes his way to the sideline, the pace picks up. 
So no longer is this a brisk walk or a jog. He sees the defensive player from the Rams start to pick up pace, and now we're on a full sprint. He did not plan for this. <laughs> yeah, no. he did not anticipate the bench getting involved. No, at this moment in the streak, he's in a holy crap moment. <laughs> he doesn't know what's – is it jail? Is it the hospital? Where will I end up in the CTE next hour? CTE at the bare minimum. Minimum. Guy's not wearing any pads. What's going to happen next? What do you think his endgame possibly could have been? I don't know why he made the decision to get as close to the bench as he did. You got a whole hundred yards. You know, you got a big old football field, and he's he's walking the tightrope on the sidelines. He really like, did. I, I can't appreciate it as a good streaker mentality. You got to stay away from the bench. He's absolutely Christian Kirk toe-tapping that sideline right now. <laughs> but the funny part to me, and I'll back up one more time for the for the kids at home playing the home version of this game, he's just in a, he's in a jog until he reaches that sideline and sees that Rams player and then he hooks like Ian did as it entered the state and, and this man takes off. I mean, he is pounding that grass trying to outrun this defensive player from the Rams. So we get up 35-yard line, 40-yard line. Around the 40-yard line or 35, 40-yard line, we see Bobby Wagner enter the frame. So he's got one Rams defensive guy on his back. He's got a security guard. I don't know what this guy was chasing. Might have been a, a bird or a cat on the field. He was nowhere near the streaker or the two Rams players. Agreed. But here comes Bobby Wagner already as he's stepping onto the field, lowering that shoulder. <laughs> you know what's coming next. This dude is going to leave his feet. He's Bobby. not even fully in bounds at this point. He still has a foot out. He still has one foot. Bobby Wagner does. Still one foot out. It's not a catch. But he's not letting his teammate do the hit. No way. This is no, there is no assist from Bobby Wagner today. This is a solo tackle that is about to take place. Bobby Wagner steps on the field. The video plays out. The man puts the shoulder into his face. Bobby Wagner knocks this brother out. One more time for the video. Man going down the sidelines. Here comes... Boom! Bobby Wagner right into his grill. This man may never wake up from that hit. <laughs> he may never wake up. I should bring you in on Friday no, nights. No. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. That streaker was running better than Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson was. That's true. <laughs> more yards gained this year. I mean, way more yards just on that play. More yards than in the whole game. What a great streaker video. Whoever this guy is, he's my hero today. I look up to this guy. I would love to talk to him on the phone and ask him what was going through his head in these moments. I'm going to make this pledge to you guys, Brent and Casey. From now on, when we get videos like this, I'm going to chase these guys down. I'm going to have them on this show, and we're going to be able to appreciate them for the work they're putting in. To, to brighten everybody's lives. You think this guy's first and only call he's going to get from jail is to Aaron Schachter? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Maybe not, but... I'm with you. I By can the way, be very persuasive. With that, uh, if you didn't see the video and you're on the radio, the security guard somehow inexplicably ends up on the ground as well. Well, he did. Well, he tackled right on top. Like, <laughs> kind of like I think he actually got sideswiped a little. Did bit I miss there. that? Like it was. Yeah, it's like I don't even know what happened. But yeah, here we go. All right, so we've we've pulled it back up. Aaron's Aaron's controlling it, and so there we go. Our boys toe tapping. He's All running. Right, so he's running down the sideline. Here comes the defensive players. Bobby. Okay, so oh, okay, okay, okay. I see what happens here. See, now that's how you end up on the sixty-day IL, right? You get rolled up, 
You tear something in your knee. That's not what you want. If you're the security guard, you sure as heck didn't sign up for this. No. You definitely don't get paid enough, and they make you wear a yellow shirt. By the way, just don't move it, Aaron. Look in the background. We got a security guard. I can't tell if looking the right way and just not participating. Oh, no way. No, they're they're on vacation. They're, that is a PTO security guard right there enjoying a football game from the sidelines with not a concern in the world. This is the definition of not my job. This person up here at the top. There's people running around it. You got Bobby Wagner putting people out of their misery, and this oh, security man. guard's like, no, nah, I'm not interested. So not Brent, my job. Brent, you're talking about flagging Bobby for uh, a helmet to helmet. Really, the security guard's the one who took Bobby's helmet. Yeah, he might have taken a big hit. There. Bobby gave the streaker a mouthful of shoulder pad, but here comes the security guard getting laid out as well. Bobby should get two tackles for that play, not just one. Don't you think some of these, like, I understand they don't show these on TV now, and, like, Manning and Manning were funny on that. Like, come on, show it, you know, like, and everybody, but because they want to discourage it. They don't want to, like, celebrate it. So I get the principle behind it, but when you get somebody that gets just walloped, like, I would actually show that all on, like, before a game. Oh, yeah. If the you NFL, run out of the field, this might happen to yes, you. Yes, might, might should. You. The NFL should take a page out of Sean Payton's book and give bounties for streaker <laughs> tackles. That's my take right now. <laughs> That's actually not a bad idea. I like that. Uh, let's take a break. Fresh, fresh, fresh. <laughs> I the cars. When we come back, 4 o'clock hour on the way on ESPN 690. If your restaurant has slow bathroom drains and grease blockages, call Superior Plumbing and Pipelining. Superior Plumbing and Pipelining's high-pressure sewer jetting and camera inspection of the drains will assure your peace of mind at your restaurant. Request a free estimate at superiorplumbingjacks.com. 